0: This is Matthew McBride, author of Frank Sinatra and a Blender, and you're listening to Booked. Welcome to Booked, where two guys tell you about the books they're reading. I'm Livia Snedden,
1: and I'm Rob Olson, um the book we're reviewing this week is nothing we're doing an interlude um that means uh we're basically just going to be talking about some stuff we're not reviewing a book we don't have an author on to interview it's just going to be some basic book related
0: conversation well we are going to review a little something it's not gonna be a full-fledged book review but uh the folks over at this is horror who you may have heard mentioned on this show over the course of the last two months or so once or twice um, we're gracious enough to send us a copy of their chat book, The Fox by Conrad Williams. So I think we'll talk about that a little bit now.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, so. yeah. It's not as if we don't have anything to talk about. We definitely got some stuff we wanted to mention,
0: but uh, just not a full on full up real book review. Well, we've been busy because what have we been busy? We've been busy planning for, for this big, big event that we're, uh, we're going to be uh, this, this new uh, journey adventure we're going to be embarking on.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, And as a personal note, a side note, personally for me, uh, work-wise, my last two weeks have been nothing but training for different jobs and stuff. So I've been outside of my typical location and um, out of contact with the real world and just doing a lot of intensive training. So I really haven't had a lot of spare time to do anything. So uh, this interlude is a godsend for me because it means I didn't have to try and cram reading a book on top of everything else I was doing.
0: And I totally tried to bail you out of having to take the heat for that too. Did no, you notice yeah. that? Yeah, no, no, no. so yeah, that's what it is. It's my <laughs> fault. It's my fault. But you know what? I don't <laughs> care.
1: Doing so this for today, me, not you guys. <laughs> today I was like,
0: you have to read thirty pages, thirty goddamn pages. You need to read this. So,
1: yeah, I sent like a half awake message this morning that was like, "What are we supposed to read? I forgot."
0: <laughs> so. So yeah. anyway, but we are. We are planning for, for another adventure. You want to tell the folks what we're doing uh, this, uh, this coming week? Uh, yeah. So a little history of Booked.
1: We've been dropping pins in the map for a little while now. We've gone to such exotic locations as St. Louis. Um, and that's St. Louis, Missouri, not St. Louis, the Illinois side. Um, we've gone to uh, Corden, Indiana several times. Mm-hmm. We've gone to Los Angeles, in milwaukee and mm-hmm. now uh we're going to awp in boston
0: boston i've been practicing that all week does that <laughs> is that good boston boston so we're uh, <laughs> we're going to the home of uh of denny crane and uh alan shore yeah um, i to me yeah.
1: <laughs> i sent livius a text message yesterday with a picture of uh, or no a message on wherever i messaged him somehow with a picture of the uh the building that the, the front shot, uh, the exterior shot of the, the building that the law firm from Boston Legal is supposed to be, you know, exist
0: within. And I said, this is obviously something we need to do while we're out there. And uh, hopefully we'll do that. We realize that has nothing to do with books or literature or anything else. But I think that uh, it will be, uh, it'll be a good
1: time. But we have talked about James Spader on several occasions, once with David James Keaton,
0: Another time uh, for when we reviewed Fifty Shades of Grey, so it all ties together. It does, but we will have, we should have content for you. So last year for AWP, we brought you two fantastic readings, um, which uh, you know you can go back and listen to. They're still, they're they're not archived yet. I don't think, right, Rob? They're still no, no, they're you? still available on iTunes. Yep, very good. So we actually brought you three readings, I guess, because we did uh, we did the St. Louis one that that week too. So um, this time it's only going to be one. I am very very excited because there will be a, a slew of booked alumnists um, at this uh, particular reading.
1: Yeah. So Manarchy Magazine, who we um, know and love, and we've talked about a lot on the show before, um, is teaming up with Perfect Edge Books and Lazy Fascist Press. Uh, Lazy Fascist being. Um, the publisher of such books as Zombie Bake Off and Broken Piano for President, which we talked about by Patrick Wensink, among tons of other things. Perfect Edge Books, which is uh, headed by Phil Jordan, whose book Praise of Motherhood we reviewed on our Shit Authors Say episode. Um, So that's kind of how they're relevant to us, and Livius will kind of let you know who's
0: going to be actually reading at the event. All right, so I mentioned some booked alumni. Caleb J. Ross, who um, Stranger Will is being re-released on Perfect Edge Books. Um, Michael Paul Gonzalez, who you've heard on this show uh, back, uh, oh, God, that's got to be well over a year ago, right? L.A. in a Thousand Words? Long time ago, yeah. Uh, it was in 2011, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Phil Jordan. Phil Jordan. From that side, as Rob just mentioned, we reviewed uh, his his debut um, novel. Can I interject uh, really quickly? Perfect Mm -hmm. Edge
1: is putting out Michael Paul Gonzalez's Angel Falls.
0: Oh, yes, yes. I'm sorry, I didn't mention that. Yes, that's the tie-in there. So that's, oops. Um, And then Lazy Fascist Press, Cameron Pierce, um, who we very recently had on the show. Kristen Pierce, who I should probably have done the research, but I'm assuming that's Cameron's wife. (laughs) And uh, Ben Lurie from lazy fascist press so uh it's very very cool to have uh, three actual um alumni from from booked um at this reading along with someone else we've reviewed so uh looking very very much forward to it and the
1: location is kind of cool too it's at a place called the international poster gallery um on newberry street in boston so seen some uh shots from inside the place and it looks really cool they've got all these like vintage posters and stuff looks swanky It does. I'm gonna have to like iron my pants or something. I'm guessing. (laughs) Wear pants. I'm also guessing you're
0: going to Instagram quite a lot from there too. Just, just a guess. Yeah. Anybody who wants to see what's going on, follow me on Instagram. So this is all going down Thursday, March 7th. If you're in the Boston area, it'll be from 6 to 8 p.m. I do believe it's open invitation. Yeah. And uh, we'll be there. Um, kind of in the background very quietly huddled around a microphone hoping to get the best content we can for you guys. Um, And then, yeah, depending on how long it goes, we'll split it up into two or three episodes, but uh, that's uh, the content we're hoping to uh, to be able to bring you. All goes well.
1: Yeah, I mean, it could be cool if we did the Perfect Edge episode and then the Lazy Mm -hmm. Fascist episode or something like that. Yeah, we'll definitely be recording it. Um, And then the other thing I wanted to say about AWP in general um, is fuck those guys. Is, yeah, fuck, First, <laughs> <laughs> fuck Sorry those to guys. Derail you there. Every time I hear
0: it, I think that. <laughs>
1: um, but just some of the people that we're planning on spending some time with. Uh, uh, we've mentioned on the show before, obviously, payla Via, the editor of our anthology, uh, who also edited Warmed and Bound, and is a an editor for Perfect Edge. So lots of tie-ins there. Uh, Misty Bennett, art, under, art editor over at Manarchy Magazine, and the inventor of... The FCJR, the idea of <laughs> FCJR, so kind of a big thing. Gordon Highland's going to be there. Puts, do you think she puts that on her, like, resumes? <laughs> Creator <laughs> of FCJR. <laughs> it sounds impressive. She will now. Maybe someone can design some uh, business cards for her. Um, uh, <laughs> Gordon Highland, uh, a show favorite, is going to be there. Um, Eddie Rathke we will be bumping into. Michael Gonzalez, we mentioned before. Caleb Ross. Uh, but you want to know one of the people that I'm most excited to uh, to see because it's going to be the first time we're meeting him? Um, yeah, sure. Go ahead and tell me who. Or do you want the honor of, of announcing this? <laughs> the mad Dutchman, Miles Corbier, will be joining us. Our foreign correspondent, booked foreign correspondent, Miles Corbier, is coming stateside specifically for this event. So it's going to be the first time we're
0: actually seeing him in public. So this is going to be very, very exciting for us. Dude, I have totally called in like customs alerts on him, so I know that like he's supposed to be in on Monday, but I think by Wednesday he might show up, so we'll see. Wow. But yeah, they're going to put him through the ringer at Logan International. <laughs> yeah. Uh, lots of other people, too, uh, that we
1: might not have mentioned on the podcast, but we're very excited to see as well, so I don't want them to think that we are neglecting
0: them or just um, maybe the listeners don't know who they are. That could be so at any rate very excited for for a few days in in boston um awp uh we may have some special content um for you uh who knows there's been talk about just carrying around uh you know microphones everywhere and listening to caleb j ross rantings and you know so we'll see might be some extra stuff but at, at a minimum we're going to try to bring you this fantastic reading
1: yeah at least you're most likely going to get the reading barring any unforeseen circumstances um, but, yeah, I think we're going to try and mockumentary the hell out of this thing. Um, imagine, and it's weird. All right. So maybe people will see that Caleb Ross is not acting on his YouTube channel. That's just how he always is. <laughs> that is <obvious. laughs>
0: All right. So we mentioned at the top of the show, now that we've got our fun adventure stuff out of the way, let's talk a little bit about The Fox from Conrad Williams. Um, for those of you that don't know, this is horror.co.uk. Um, um to be specific is a uh, is a uh UK based um horror website that does a lot of things. They recently launched their own podcast where they review um horror stuff, movies and, and books I'm assuming coming up and that that type of thing. Um they also um held the the it's not a contest. What would that be? They had the awards? Is that what you're talking the about? The awards, yeah, yeah they they hosted the awards um that uh, that we won. Uh what what did what did Jed Air say about us recently? said <laughs> <He's, laughs> – he said we
1: won. I don't remember exactly. It was the greatest podcast in the universe, or all, in the whole earth, or
0: something like that. Yes, that yeah. we won that award from This Is Horror for for 2012. So we've developed a, a pretty good relationship with the showrunner over there, Michael Wilson, and he was nice enough to send us a copy of the Fox. Now it is a chapbook. Sadly, you know what I'm going to say next, right, Rob? Uh, no, <laughs> I had to look up what a chapbook. Oh, the, the actual definition of a yeah. chapbook. Yeah. So, so think short novella i guess is probably the uh, the best way to to say it um it's a pocket-sized booklet the term chapbook was formalized by bibliographies blah 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 at any rate it's a long short story or a short novella however you want to look at it and uh rob and i decided to give it a once-over and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that yeah so
1: um this is the first time i'd read anything by conrad williams but his story the fox definitely interesting um Coming from this is horror and being called the fox, I think kind of tipped the hand a little bit about like the direction that I I thought at the beginning, at least the direction of the story and everything. But um, it it's not it is horror. I mean, it's it definitely creeped the shit out of me, but not in the ways that I expected, and not incorporating
0: things in the ways that I thought it would based on like the title and where we got the story from. Right, so yeah, you were expecting, like me, big zombie foxes everywhere? Yeah, yeah, basically, Like they're six foot (laughs) running around? No, definitely more subtle, um, definitely a lot more psychological horror. Yeah. Um, Look, this thing isn't very long, so we're not going to be able to talk a ton about the plot. I have a few quotes. Um, But, you know, I guess I should tell folks a little bit about Conrad Williams. Isn't that how we usually do this kind of thing? Yeah, yeah, why not? Okay, so... Um, I apologize to Mr. Williams. This was uh, I found this not via Amazon or Wikipedia or any of our normal places. This is from alibris.com, so this is what we're going to go with for a bio. Conrad Williams was born in Cheshire in 1969. He is the author of three novels, four novellas, and a collection of his best short fiction. His most recent book, *The Unblemished*, won the International Horror, horror Guild Award, horror for best novel. He is also past recipient of the British Fantasy Award and the Littlewood Ark Prize. It's for building arcs. I don't know if anybody else knew that. Oh, like you know, two of like each Noah. Animal? Yeah, like Noah. Yeah. So, but uh, <laughs> but yeah. So the the story of the fox um brings us in with a family a mother father and two children two small children um while they're on uh on holiday is that is that the right terminology there they're on holiday yeah I think so yeah. yeah. Um, they're on holiday, and uh, kind of some weird things happen. I mean, that's it's very short, so I don't want to say a lot about it, um, but it's kind of a little bit of a, a back and forth between the now and, and some things that happened to the, the protagonist in his childhood.
1: Yep, and and uh, the ever-persistent, every time I read something written by someone British, the term torch has to come up in, refer- in reference to
0: a flashlight. So <laughs> this is... <laughs> Did you read the story or did you just skim for Torch? Because I could see you just being like, I know it's here somewhere.
1: I I mean, maybe it's because I'm not just looking for the word flashlight in American stories, but I'm like, is there like a class they take where they like one of the things is like you're taught that you must incorporate flashlights into your story at least once somewhere in order for it to be a successful
0: story? I guess I didn't think about that, but it does seem to come up an alarming number of (laughs) times. So, okay, so now I'm never going to be able to, there will be some type of score sheet we're going to keep going forward. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah.
1: (laughs) I mean, I'm tempted
0: to go through my Kindle and just, like, word search flashlight
1: and see, like, how often it comes up in American books just, like, for a point of reference. Because, like, everything I read that's written from anybody, I'm going to give it in the whole U.K. Torch comes up at least once. Um, Maybe you spend a lot of time in the dark over there. I don't know yeah maybe they just don't have they they don't have uh <laughs> what is it they don't have uh call waiting, call waiting. and they no call and waiting. they have very unreliable like uh electric grids i guess their electricity grid is uh they need to update their
0: infrastructure or something They're they're relying way too heavily on flashlights do you ever get the feeling that the that, that people who listen to us over there and friends we have think we're actually making fun of them <laughs> I mean, we are a little bit, but, you know, some of our some of our best friends now are, 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 are from from across the pond.
1: Yeah. Well, and the uh, thing is, like, yeah. realistically, we're making fun of ourselves for, like, being ignorant about these things. But in a way that makes the British look guilty.
0: <laughs> this like, is it's perfect. Exactly. It's your it's their, fault. That it's we're your immigrants. fault. We're idiots. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <that's, so. laughs> At any rate. Um, a little bit more about uh, about the fox, as Rob mentioned. Uh, I think that the horror in this is is very subtle and um, a lot more psychological. Um, than did you did you expect more of like a kind of like a, I don't want to say a slasher because obviously with the name like the fox, you know, you're I'm sure you were thinking the animal was incorporated. But were you expecting more of a like an attack, like an action-y type horror story?
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, either that or like um, he runs in with a really badass cat burglar. It's a joke, like Fox. Anyway, I, don't know, I think that was like a, um, like an Ocean's Twelve reference or something. I don't even really know where I was going with that, but
0: uh, <laughs> yeah, definitely more action, action horror than psychological horror. Yeah, and for me, I mean, psychological horror is is, is really the beauty. I enjoy a, a good slasher. I mean, I, I love um, Richard Layman, who almost everything he wrote was very, very slasher heavy or that type of you know crazed individual that's that's doing things um and those are a lot of fun but when the stuff gets really scary it's almost always psychological and that's why I know that a lot of people disagree with me but favorite favorite horror movie ever i shouldn't say favorite scariest horror movie ever blair witch project 100% psychological terror in that yeah yeah and that's like the thing i like about the psychological aspect of
1: of doing horror is that it can kind of just come up anywhere like there doesn't have to be a lot of setup for it. Like uh, that uh, when October Falls by Christopher J Dwyer, which we mm-hmm. reviewed on our like fourth episode. Mm-hmm. Think of that. We're on 135 now. Um, I mean, it's a, it's more or less like you know a noirish mm-hmm. kind of love story. It's mm-hmm. a little bit sci-fi. I mean, it kind of falls into a bunch mm-hmm. of different categories. But like the scenes that were like freaky, like really freaked me out, and it was because it was such a psychological aspect to it. So like even in a book that's not, I wouldn't call it horror by any stretch of the imagination, had some like lasting impressions on me for how freaky those scenes were.
0: I agree. Um, can I do a couple quotes? I know you had said you didn't, uh, you didn't mark any down cause we weren't. Yeah, go for it. It was going to be a flat review, but I'm going to drop a couple here that I, that I really liked. Um, this one is just just kind of funny and well, because it has the word "knickers" in it, which is just awesome. <laughs> <clears throat> but b, uh, I, I just I, I really like the, the the thought behind this, kind of the structure behind this. The protagonist is recounting something that happened in his in his teen years. and He's kind of making out with this girl. I think that's probably enough setup for this, but. He says, uh, then she pushed me away. I think I'd put my hand down the back of her knickers. You can't do that, she said, as if it, w- as if it was a game of Scrabble and I'd submitted a proper noun.
1: <laughs>
0: just really like that, was that there, a lot. Did the word fanny show up
1: anywhere near there? I don't believe it did. You're searching for fanny right I now, I absolutely too. am, and I found it. <laughs> God damn it. When they were, all right, I can't really tell you what the setup is, but someone says, just imagine Alice's fanny instead of the... Da, da, da.
0: yep yep i got gotcha. you yeah. i know where you're at there so there you go fanny knickers i love the word knickers it's <laughs> awesome um before you go on i want to point out that the word torch
1: appears three times in this story in reference okay. to being a flashlight <laughs> <laughs>
0: um i i this is kind of a longer setup for for the payoff for this one i think but uh, uh, our protagonist is kind of recounting parenthood If you're a parent, especially of young children, you'll appreciate how rare it is to find yourself on your own. There's always some task involved, whether it be the school run, playmates, bath times, or meals, and all those bits in between, which usually involve nappies from hell and the kind of weird conversations you imagine could only ever happen elsewhere if you were behind the walls of a prison for the mentally deficient. I'd stop listening at nappies from hell yeah that that was the path no seriously (laughs) if you've ever spent any time with like a small child and then kind of recount in your head the conversations you had yeah they seem a little crazy for sure so so, um yeah i mentioned this book takes place um you know while they're on vacation their vacation is kind of like a kind of like camping type area i guess a lot of outdoorsy kind of stuff so Um, there was nature in a nutshell i suppose small things tiptoeing around behind the big things i really like that definition of nature
1: yeah, that's pretty cool. A little ominous. So it's,
0: it's a, just a couple there from the 30-ish pages of uh, of the chat book. So uh, didn't want to give away too much because I had like some other stuff, but uh, as Rob had kind of censored himself earlier when when talking about the use of the word fanny. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just stuff you don't you don't want to give away. But, uh, but yeah, Conrad Williams, definitely somebody we're going to need to check out some longer stuff from.
1: For sure. So uh, you want to talk
0: a little bit about how This Is Horror has their chat books uh, available? Alright, so they, uh, I believe you can buy them on their own as well, but they actually have a subscription. So it's uh, its kind of cool. You can get a premium subscription to the chatbook series. Uh, you'll get an exclusive e-chatbook, a uh, subscription to premium newsletter, and exclusive competitions. Uh, they're giving away a second year subscription to uh, some lucky winner. Um, guaranteed copies of each chatbook, and it'll save you money. So it looks like the next four chapbooks, uh, two, three, three—that that's four. Um, if you're here now, you have to understand it costs a little more to get in the United States, but uh, looking at 52 bucks for four chapbooks, uh, what does that break down to? Uh, it's a $12, $14, $14 a piece? Does that sound right? 13 Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, well, yeah, $20 for postage. So Yikes. Here's where it pays off to live in the U.K., where they do the, the free PNP, which has got to be parcel and postage, right? part, you know, packaging and po- postage, porridge and pictures, pit porridge and I don't know. <laughs> there we go again. Um so yeah, you can do that, but I do also believe that they're available individually for purchase as well. Yeah. Definitely check those out well the cool thing about that is you have to think too that um and and you know like david moody and you and i were talking a little bit about the show but david moody is a fairly well known name in the in the horror community um and i can say that because if i know the name that's probably pretty well known i only kind (laughs) of dabble a little bit in horror um but you know this is this is probably a collectible i mean this isn't something you can just walk into a bookstore and buy and put on your shelf and and collect if you're if you're a fan of of said writer so it's you know it's something special you can get, and it's probably a probably pretty cool uh, cool thing to, to
1: add to your collection. Yeah, especially if they're saying that part of the subscription, one of the features of the subscription, is that you're guaranteed it before it sells out. I have to imagine that it's a good idea to do the subscription if you really want to get one of these chatbooks because they probably do them in limited runs.
0: Yeah. David Moody was writing a uh, zombie stuff um, before zombie stuff was really big. I know you and I were kind of oh. talking i them kind of picking up our conversation that we had, but there was a, he's like a zombie a, hipster. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. He was doing it before it was uh, before it was trendy and cool. So um, cool stuff. So at any rate, go check it out go check out. This is horror. Um, we officially endorsed the, this is horror podcast as another acceptable podcast for you to listen to as a book listener too.
1: That's right. Yeah. So. They're our friends. They are you want to pimp some other people's stuff
0: um yeah there's a there's a couple of uh books coming out here shortly that we should probably be talking about
1: uh yeah the thing that i'm excited about and um i i think that we kind of took a break from him because we have reviewed or talked about everything he's done in like the last year and a half but um i want to give it at least a quick uh shout out crime factory is publishing or has i think at this point published the Jedediah Ayres short collection, Fierce
0: Bitches. <laughs> the one thing that I thought was interesting, if you uh, you you're, you follow him on Twitter, right? Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> I, I kind of jokingly said he didn't respond, so I hope I didn't hurt his feelings. But I said that I think that it uh, depreciated the value of his book. He started, he searched for Fierce Bitches, and then would retweet anything that said <laughs> that Fierce awesome. Bitches in it. <laughs> it took me a while to figure out what was going
1: on because I'm like, why is someone why is he retweeting something about Justin Bieber being a fierce bitch? Yeah.
0: I was like, oh, look, he's retweeting like a 15-year-old girl. Like, <laughs> kind of crap? But, yeah. So, um, yeah, I kind of jokingly said, like, oh, I don't know if this is how I'd want to point to my book. But it was it was very, very humorous to see what uh, how fierce bitches can be used in, uh, in everyday Twitter versus how uh, I'm sure that he's using it for the title of his book. That dude's clever. I like that. So it's a little on the lean
1: side. It's about 70, what, two, 74 pages, something like that. Um, and it includes a little bit of one of his characters we've talked about in the past, Benji
0: Metcalf. Yeah, fuck load of scotch tape, Benji Metcalf. So if you haven't seen it, it's still available on YouTube. Um, definitely something you want to That was kind of a mashup of two um, stories that, uh, that Jed wrote, but definitely worth a view. And um, I haven't read it yet but from everything else I've seen from Jet Air's Fierce Bitches, especially at that length. I thought I didn't think it was that short. Mm-hmm. That might be uh, one of my plain reads for our Boston trip. I was going to say it could be Lives lunches, but it could also be yeah Lives uh,
1: layovers. That's... <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. Um, yeah, so uh, quick read, Jet Air's, as we've talked about over and over again, pretty much anything you can read from him is, is going to be very much worth your while, and I'm sure this is no exception. And... Uh, if you want to order yourself a copy, I know Crime Factory's website, which is thecrimefactory.com, has uh, links to, to
0: make purchases on there. So um, feel free to go over there and check it out. Absolutely. I did the conversion. Seven Australian dollars is $14,571 American Oh, yeah. So everybody, just, I mean, couch cushions, just kind of dig through. Yeah, yeah. So I use my Google foo for that one. So Good job. Oh, you know who else has got a book coming out here very, very, very soon?
1: Um, someone who uses the word torch, I'm assuming.
0: <laughs> oh, you know, seriously, if I thought he was sitting in front of his computer, it wasn't like four in the morning. I tried to like call him up and just ask him how many times torch appears in Craig Wallwork's new book. Do you want to give? The, I know you're a big fan of the, the title. Do you want to? Do you want to do it? I wish we had that music <laughs> to throw in the background. Yeah, I want to put like um, Adele's song from the new Bond movie on
1: there. Mm -hmm. to die upon a kiss is the name of craig Wahlwerk's book which sounds like such a good bond
0: movie it does but it's not a bond movie apparently it's just a craig walwerk book which to be really honest with you i loved bond when i was a kid i'm far more excited by new craig walwerk than i am by any james bond movie in the last you know 20 30 years that's fair yeah i'm just saying yeah that's definitely fair oh that's from uh snub nose press um Another name that uh, has come up on this show, oh, I don't know, one or two hundred times previously. And I do believe, uh, I'm on their website now, but it is coming out very, very, very soon. Like, days away. March 22nd, 2013, buddy. That's days. It's 20-ish days, but it's still days away. So I'm very much looking forward to that, as I mentioned. Um, I don't know, man. You know, we gave him a choice on which book of his we were going to review, I might have leaned towards the other one if we didn't give him that choice, just based on the description of the. I he keeps making fun of me for 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 doing my terrible my terrible British accent, so I'm not going to do it this time. But uh, you know what I'm talking about—the excessive uh, female masturbation. <laughs> you still couldn't help doing it a little
1: bit. Yeah, Livia's can't get over. There's definitely excessive female masturbation in this book, and that's. I mean, if there's if you, I don't really think you need any reason beyond that to read it
0: and it's craig Wallwork. there's two like stunningly good reasons to read a book dude i saw something on uh he posted on facebook it might have even been earlier today where he's like the first chapter they uh they go and they uh euthanize somebody who's sick and like the the female character is like rubbing one out as they're doing it (laughs) yep yeah yep get get on that yep I don't think we're going to be doing a full review of that, um, but I can definitely tell you that it will come up in conversation because I'm definitely planning on reading that at the end of this month. Yeah, we're probably not going to be able to resist talking about it for sure. Yep. So, But uh, there's uh, two two booked alumnus with uh, stuff coming out this month that you definitely need to check out. Yeah, we're, we're fulfilling our promise of telling you what to read. That's for sure. Yep, we tell you what to read. <clears throat> Sometimes um, we tell you what not to read. Can I tell you what I think we should not read? Yeah so um i mentioned on uh in the booked uh, podcast listening group uh, a couple weeks ago i, I got a new kindle <clears throat> it's the kindle paperwhite and it seems like um so on my old kindle which was ad supported i got a lot of ads for like weird stuff like like price line like skin moisturizer the paperwhite they've gone a completely different thing all they do is recommend books which makes a little more sense because you're probably reading when you you know turn it on so uh i had said that i think i might do like a random thing where i say okay like the third book that's advertised to me on any given day will be the book we review for the podcast <laughs> tonight when i was powering on my kindle so i could look at the at the fox for this deck z the titanic um, <laughs> by by chris paul's was the uh, <laughs> was the book that was recommended to me now this new Kindle, I don't think I have any zombie fiction on here, so I can understand on on the old one, you know, where I had zombie stuff on there that this would be the recommendation. I've only had this thing for like a month. I've got like a dozen books on there, and I don't think any of them are zombie-related. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's weird. Um, I'm going to go ahead and read you the book description though. So who knows? Who knows? Maybe after you hear this, you'll be like, "This is totally the one that we have to that we have to, <laughs> to read." Imagine being trapped aboard the doomed Titanic on an icy Atlantic, dot, 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 with The Walking Dead. Not the cast of The Walking Dead. I think they actually mean zombies. Like <laughs> Yeah, that would be kind of <laughs> cool. I'd totally do that. So, This fast-paced thriller reimagines the historical events of the fateful Titanic voyage through the lens of zombie mayhem. Captain Edward Smith and his inner circle desperately try to contain a weaponized zombie virus smuggled on board with a 2,200 passenger sailing to New York. Faced with an exploding population of lumbering, flesh hungry undead, Smith's team is forced into bloody hand to hand combat down the narrow halls of the huge steamer. In its few short days at sea, the majestic Titanic turns into a Victorian bloodbath, steaming at top speed toward a cold blue iceberg. A creepy, tense page tense, I'm sorry, creepy, tense page turner, deck Z will thrill zombie fans <laughs> and Titanic buffs alike. All right, so while you were reading that, I went ahead and went to the one-star you reviews.
1: It? You ordered it already? Oh, yeah, I did no. the one-click. I did not. I did not do okay. that. Uh, I think we should start with the one-star reviews uh, just to get a reasonable idea what the book's going to be like, and then maybe we can look at seeing if there's any fun five-star reviews. Okay. Take it away, sir. So, J. Pen- J. Penny Baker. Uh, the title of the review is cliched and bad one star. Some of the worst dialogue I've ever read. It was painful to read the way these two authors. There's two authors. Think it's people,
0: only credited to one, I think.
1: Hmm. Well. Uh, anyway, these two authors think people would speak in the midst of the fight of the fighting zombies. The, the zombies are fighting each other and it builds on this is i i'm getting more excited about this book (laughs) and it builds on every cliche the titan of the time about the titanic that you can think of mean rich people kids with big hearts in steerage what does that mean uh captain smith equals hero thomas andrew equals hero bruce ismay equals bad also typical if the zombies are fighting each other that's awesome
0: i think i would totally be down for that yeah, I'm looking through the five-star reviews. I don't think there's anything here uh, that's... Uh,
1: <laughs> no, come on. C. Tost uh, says, I really enjoyed this book. It combined my interest in the Titanic with my fondness for zombies. <laughs> oh, my
0: God. Who is this person? Here's here's uh, Anne-Marie Parr says, I loved this book with six exclamation marks because, you know, she's serious. I would recommend it to anyone, but especially to any Titanic history lovers like me, exclamation mark. Very interesting and and imaginative, exclamation mark. Oh, man.
1: Patricia Lundstrom, the Camp Mommy from Homewood, Illinois. You know about the Titanic. You know about zombies. One sinks and the others lumber aimlessly. So you would think putting them together would be a tricky thing. Awkward even, but in Deck Z... Chris Paul and Matthew Solomon, it is crediting two authors. Yep. Weave together these two icons so seamlessly you'll end up kind of wishing this was the real story of what happened. You will wish that zombies existed, basically,
0: is what she's saying. So, um, what do you think of my plan of randomly picking books that are recommended on the Kindle? Uh, it's got some flaws.
1: oh Oh, no great start and perfect ending would like to see it on the big screen with Gerard Butler as Captain Smith 300
0: style by Matt um yeah here's the thing I don't know how much money it costs to put this on the front page of uh of you know I don't know 50,000 100,000 um kindle paper whites I imagine it's a hefty price but I imagine that gets them some sales too right it's got to yeah yeah actually there's an interesting article
1: do you want to talk about this article that i found that's very interesting yeah, yeah definitely yeah um kind of in the same vein but in a much more nefarious way because like i'm assuming with amazon you just pay for ads and then like you know you pay either you know per click or per view like one of those things like I would probably, imagine, yeah. 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 kind of like hulu like when you're watching something and the ad shows up you probably pay for a certain amount of uh, exposure, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. But um, someone recently, a friend at work recently uh, sent me an article about uh, I guess there's a company called uh, Result Source. And their sole purpose is I'm not burying the lead, I'm just coming out with this right from the beginning. Their sole purpose is uh, you pay them a fee and they buy a certain number of your books, either when it's in pre orders or when it's actually released. In order to um, artificially increase your numbers and get you on bestsellers lists, including like, you know, like big ones, big, big time
0: bestseller lists like Barnes and Noble and stuff. That's, um, (coughs) I mean, I'm not surprised that that's happening. Um, I always kind of thought that there might be a little bit where like smaller authors kind of do that themselves.
1: Oh, yeah. Like
0: they just buy 50 copies of their book to make it look like they sold 50 copies of their book. Yeah, you know, but I didn't expect that there would be an actual like legitimate business that does that. That's what that's what almost makes it worse is that, you know, when someone's doing it and they kinda think they figured out a, a loophole that they could, you know, show some extra sales or whatever and it's just hard work, but there's a company, like there is an actual business that's set up that, you know, their description of their business is we buy a bunch of your books so you could be on the bestseller list. That's that's a little mm-hmm. concerning.
1: Yeah. So this article's pretty interesting and I'll link to it on our website. Um but some of the things that I thought were particularly interesting were in some cases they buy a bunch of books, but then they return them later. So, like, they buy enough to get you on a list, but then they bring them back so that your numbers spike onto the charts, but then immediately fall down. Which is, I mean, that's like, I mean, it's one thing if you're just kind of a douche and you buy a bunch of your books so that people think it's selling more than it is. But it's another thing to like buy them just so that you
0: could return them so you hit a list. That's like really, really bad. That's horrible, dude. I see. I didn't catch that part. I read because I knew you'd forward me a, a shorter article, right? And right. I know you'd said that it linked to a longer article. I kind of read and I thought, I figured, oh, I've got the gist of this. I thought, oh man, that's really terrible.
1: Yeah. The other thing I was thinking too is like, I mean, and this is like maybe this is just me being like so innocent to cheating in these particular ways or whatever. But I was thinking like the worst thing that I could see, you know, kind of forgiving someone for doing is. Like you know, you have promote like books you give away as like reader copies and promotional, you know, for promotional purposes. Mm-hmm. And like typically, a publisher will have you know a certain mm-hmm. amount, you know, just made, um, and, and that, that they give out or whatever. Um, I, I the worst thing I could possibly have imagined before reading this article was doing something like, um, waiting till the book's released, and then buying those books that you're going to give out, to you know reviewers and stuff, so that your purchases. You know what that's I'm saying? Yeah. 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 Like that's like, that's as nefarious as, as I guess my mind could have conceived before hearing of this. But like, imagine actually building, like you put together a business plan that says we are going to auto, you know, artificially um, create bestsellers by buying a bunch of
0: books. That's so weird. I yeah. mean, <clears throat> you know, it's like that returning part bothered me more than anything else. Cause I was like, yeah, I wonder if they take a look at our anthology, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but But it's a lot of money,
1: too. Like, the fee is, like, $20,000 or something.
0: Well, yeah, and I I don't know how they do that. I mean, I'm sure they order from a variety of places. I mean, I I don't know that they can just, that they charge that and then go on Amazon and say, we want 200 copies. Right. Like, ship to this account. So, they may have people who go out to the local bookstores and buy everything that's on the shelf. You know, they just, like, send, you know, the the runners out to go grab every copy of, I'm not going to say any author's names, but I, I have some idea of who some of these people might be that are doing this. But... Um, you know, it's, uh, yeah, but then again, I mean, so it's a dirty, ugly thing. I agree. But if you're buying something just because other people are buying it to read, I mean, that's kind of another problem in itself. So, I mean, it's, it's basically targeting stupid people. Yeah. Well, I mean, it. it, yeah, it, it just emphasizes
1: the fact that media in general, um, uh, the Pattersons of the world get more exposure just because they have already had exposure as opposed to like having any kind of real talent or merit
0: yeah no and, and that's probably not who's doing that because again that's that's already somebody who has a huge following if you believe the hype or not
1: right Yeah, but, but it's like a broken system and this is just an exploit of that broken system
0: well there you go I don't I, yeah I don't know. You did say that it does seem like it's a mostly nonfiction thing. Uh, It seemed like the article
1: was focusing on books that are uh, business-related, so nonfiction Mm -hmm. stuff, um, and that publishers in general discourage. Here's the thing: like (laughs) several times, it was saying that the publishers discouraged authors from using this uh, result source company to artificially inflate their numbers Mm -hmm. but they didn't like actually say don't do it which is you know i'm saying like (laughs) you would think contractually there would have to be some like you know ethics or you know just like
0: things that you're not supposed to do i don't know yeah but that's the problem is we're thinking about it ethically and what it really boils down to is selling books is a retail business it's a business you know, and it's it's retail. It's you know the the publishers. You know their their whole job is to put it in stores. If that store is Amazon or if it's a uh, Barnes and Noble, you know, and for people to buy it off the shelf. So, I don't know. Anyway, it's an ugly business. I'm uh, I, I'm glad that it's uh, hopefully mostly on the nonfiction end because you know me and my nonfiction reading. I'm not likely to get sucked into that. <laughs> oh, it's good stuff. Yep. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Th-
1: Regardless of how, like, much it really applies to, we talk a lot about independent books and, and stuff. Probably doesn't apply too much to these situations, but interesting to see kind of the more business end of, of books that we typically don't talk about.
0: Yeah. And, you know, a lot of those business books, too, what happens is I've worked for a couple different companies where, you know, they've sent out and said that, you know, here's here's this book we bought for you guys to read. And there's three thousand people that are expected to read it, you know, that's a pretty big purchase order for you know, for a book, I'm assuming. You know for that type of business book if it's you know, the two minute manager or something along those lines. Yeah, who moved my cheese. Well, in it but if you step away from, from the ones that everybody knows the name of, you yeah. know, a lot of these probably move up the charts and it, it probably takes a lot less to move that number than it would to to elbow past Dan Brown on the bestseller list.
1: Yeah, it's a good point, too. Yeah.
0: You know, so it's like, you know, 5,000 books can take you right to maybe to number one in a business category of books where 5,000 books on the, you know, New York Times bestseller list, you might crack the top 20 or 30. So. Yeah. rate, anyway, it's ugly. And what an ugly way. What an ugly way to kind of downtrend our show. Horrible.
1: That's it's okay, crazy. because uh, next week we're going to be uh, drinking expensive scotch on a balcony in Boston
0: this is right like this Denny Crane right. and Alan Shore yeah. yep can we get that balcony because that would be pretty cool
1: hey you know what I'm gonna settle for any balcony um but we're gonna have to get some promotional photos or some sort of you know us on a balcony drinking alcohol together I'm
0: sure there'll be some photos for us to uh to post around the internets yeah definitely so. AWP fuck those guys can we tell just in case anybody didn't hear last year why why we we are so sour <laughs> on the AWP people can I can may I Go for it, yeah. Okay. So, you know, listeners, I realize you guys know, like, you know, there are podcasts out there that have hundreds of thousands of downloads. There's the Smodcast, there's the Nerdist, whatever. So, yeah, we're, we're a smaller podcast. We get that. But, you know, we have authors on all the time. We talk about, you know, the writing craft and story structure. AWP is, is like a thing. Like, like, that would be a good thing for us to cover, even with our, you know, whatever, fairly small listenership in comparison to other things. Rob? had the idea that hey, you know, let's see if we can get some kind of all access pass, you know, and we can do a couple podcasts on it, maybe we could interview some folks that are involved in it, you know, it it'll, it'll be great. This is this is when we were young and still uh as a podcast and still, you know, <laughs> believed in things like this. Yeah. Can you tell them what the the listeners what the response was from AWP when you asked for two passes? Um yeah, they
1: essentially their response was not even I mean, it wasn't even that warm response. It was basically uh that the only pr- uh, press credentials that they issue are to specifically print publications with a
0: subscribership of 10,000 or more. 10,000 or more, and only print. So they completely dismissed the entirety of the internet.
1: Yeah, podcasts are out, uh, electronic like websites, uh, any kind of e, e or anything completely out and if you think about it now like didn't newsweek go digital only i believe so so awp won't let newsweek cover them or yeah yeah entertainment weekly i think is probably you know like, like big there are big names that are that are electronic only there's i mean print is going away so like to be in 2012 and saying yeah print only I mean, that just doesn't make sense to me. It was just so frustrating and, like, ridiculous that it was like, you know, fuck these guys. I'm not going to give them their money. I'm just going to, you know, we're going to do our own thing and and enjoy the people, which is why we wanted to go anyway. And so it worked out fine.
0: Yeah, I've also heard it's just kind of very, you know, snooty and stuffy. Yeah, so probably not a good place for us anyway. Yeah. So that being um, said, um, if you
1: are going to AWP, feel free to stop by in the book fair. The Manarchy uh, Lazy
0: Fascist uh, table and check out some of the stuff they have for sale. <laughs> yeah, and hey, and if you're gonna be there, drop us a line. Um, you know, if if you're if you're a listener, if you're a fan of the show, um, you know, we've got some time. We're gonna be doing a lot of hanging out. We'd love to meet you and have a drink with you.
1: Yeah, maybe we'll do a little roll call kind of thing on our page and on uh, the book podcast listening groups, just saying, hey, if you're gonna be um, at AWP or in the Boston area these days. Uh, get in touch with us so that we can uh, see if we can uh, yeah, get together and hang out or something.
0: Yep. Because uh, you know it's not why we started doing this show, but it is one of the definite benefits of doing this show is we met some really cool people. Yeah, maybe we can stir up Chris Dwyer. He's in Boston. He is and you know what he's been kind of absent on the internets of, uh, of late. so yeah, maybe we can uh, maybe we can drag uh, Dwyer out of his house. Make yep. him have some. Uh, make him have a beer with us. Well, whoever we end up hanging out with, we're going to make a lot of uh, a lot of good content for the podcast and have a lot of good stuff to talk about for sure. So we're not exactly sure what our next episode is yet. We are going to be gone for quite some time, but I do promise that there will be a book review soon. Um, <laughs> and what's the definition of soon, Livius? It's whenever the hell we get around to it. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> we do. Um,
1: we, uh, am I interrupting you? We do have a ton of really cool books that we have recently um, uh, uh, gotten our hands on that we will be reviewing. Uh, we just have to shuffle them around and figure out when is when's, what's mm-hmm. happening when.
0: So our next episode, we'll probably be very excited to get you some content from Boston. That's probably the next thing you're going to hear on this podcast, but I'm sure that shortly after that we'll be back to our regular format of, you know, uh, giving our opinion, our, our our uneducated opinions on other people's books. That's right, and if it's from the UK, probably talking about torches and fannies, and uh, nappies and knickers, knickers, knickers dude, knickers. knickers. That's awesome. Yeah. So all right, and until then, uh, I'm Livia Snedden, and
1: I'm Rob Olson. Keep reading.